welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 479. Chapter 72. Horses. Several days after Denna and I had our moonlit stroll in the garden, I finished a song for Mellowin called Nothing But Roses. The mayor specifically requested it, and I had leapt to the project with a will knowing that Denna would laugh herself sick when I played it for her. I slid the mare's song into an envelope and looked at the clock. I'd thought I'd be busy the entire night finishing it, but it had come with surprising ease. Consequently, I had the rest of the evening free. It was late, but not terribly late. Not late for sendling night in a lively city like Severin, perhaps not too late to find Denna. I threw on a set of fresh clothes and hurried out of the estate. Since the money in my purse came from selling pieces of Codicus's equipment and playing cards with nobles who knew more about fashion than statistics, I paid the full bit for the horse lift, then jogged the half mile to Newell Street, I slowed to a walk for the last several blocks. Enthusiasm is flattering, but I don't want to arrive at Denna's Inn panting and sweating like a lathered horse. I wasn't surprised when I didn't find her at the Ford Tappers. Denna wasn't the sort to sit and twiddle her thumbs just because I was busy. But the two of us had spent the better part of a month exploring the city together, and I had a few good guesses as to where I might find her. Five minutes later, I spotted her. She was moving through the crowded street with a definite purpose, walking as if she had somewhere important to be. I started to make my way toward her, then hesitated. Where would she be going so purposefully, alone, so late at night? She was going to meet her patron. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. There's a lot of the word horse on the first part of this page. <laughs> like, he takes the horse lifts, and he compares something else to the, the cost of a horse. Or he says that... And then he doesn't want oh, to... he doesn't want to be... He doesn't like want to be a sweaty horse, horse. person. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of horse happening already. <laughs> well, this is something that... And the chapter title is also Horses. So yeah, that's I feel my like point. Yeah, I feel like that is deliberate, but it does make me think of something that I think about when I'm writing in a in a fantasy setting, which is like you can't use the same if I was trying to describe, you know, a big object to you guys, I might say it's like, "Oh, it's like roughly the size of a car," you know, or like it's like roughly the size of a, you know, of a of a DVD. And you'll know roughly what I mean because you know roughly how big a car and a DVD are. But if a character lives in, you know, a pre-modern, pre-industrial society, you have to start thinking about totally different comparisons for everything. And you you also have to think of ones that will be familiar enough to your reader that they'll also be able to make the comparison. So, like, comparing things to a horse makes sense because in pre-modern societies, horses were everywhere. And, you know, we still have horses today, so we know roughly how big a horse is or how sweaty a horse gets, et cetera, et cetera. Reasonable. I mean, I actually, I have no idea how sweaty a horse gets, but I can guess. I can make an educated guess. 
Is it sweat? Is that what a horse lather is? Is sweat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> My grandmother, who was a lifelong was equestrian, a uh, she was she was a horse girl. My grandmother was like an OG horse girl. Would always tell me whenever I said that I was sweaty or something, she would say like, "No, no, no, that's like that's that's gauche and déclassé." You know, horses sweat, men perspire, women merely glow, and I, she said it to me like a thousand times. <laughs> and you know what? She was a horse girl, so she would know. But she didn't say that horses lather. No, she would definitely. I mean, her days of doing like steeplechase and and fox hunting were long behind her by that point. But she like if she was describing a horse who had just like come in from a day's hard riding, she might describe that horse as being in a lather. Oh, interesting. I'm sorry. What what is a steeplechase? Uh, you guys keep talking, and I I will give you a description in a minute. A steeplechase is horse jumping. It's yeah. it's the the form of horse racing where they jump over stuff. But it's oh. it's more specific so like parkour, than that. But it's, for horses. Yeah, but it's 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 specifically like no. a long distance. It's specifically a long distance race, and it's uh, but it's like not the same as like um, arena. It's like a turf race with obstacles. Okay, so it's like tough mutter, but for horses. Yeah, Have you kinda. seen A Day at the Races, the Marx Brothers movie? No. Oh, well, the that's what the horse race is in Day at the Races. He's and like a a large part of the the plot about that movie revolves around the fact that the horse they have is bad at racing until they figure out that he's good at jumping. He's a steeplechase horse, not a uh, a straight up race horse, and then he starts to win. So, uh steeplechase, it's a race okay. with uh with things that you jump in. Um don't at me, horse girls. And it's it's outdoors as well. What about the horse boys? Can the horse boys at you? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, horse boys send feet. Mm-hmm. It said hoof. <laughs> God damn it, Jeremy. God damn it. <laughs> you fucking suck so much, Jeremy. God damn it. <laughs> okay, like, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta imagine that's like a thing, right? It's not like a brony. It's like a, it's like a cat boy. But instead of like little cat paws and little cat ears, he's just got like little horse ears and like little hoofs. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, just like little little custom made gloves that are like hoofs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm definitely missing a huge portion of this joke, but I'm missing it too much for you to have time to explain it. So let's move on. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> so he's looking for Dana. Jeremy, are you uh, sorry, Jordan? Are you familiar with the concept of a twink? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's all. Thank you. Carry on. <laughs> I mean, ba- vaguely, I know, I understand that there are twinks, bears, and otters. <laughs> yes, that's correct. All okay. of that is correct. How does this relate to oh horses? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have such wonders to show you. <laughs> Maybe don't. I'm afraid. <laughs> we'll be doing a Jordana's tour of the internet uh, on tomorrow's page of the wind. Okay. Uh, was, was that our sign episode. off? Are you signing us off? No, no. I was going to ask if we had anything else to talk about on the <laughs> I, page. I we do. spent like ten, five minutes talking about steeplechases. Uh, okay. So actually, I, I suppose a lot of this is going to get covered tomorrow. But Foth is busy looking for Denna. And it's almost weird because now, because normally when we see Foth looking for Denna, he's he hasn't got a really good idea of where she's going to be. And now sort of for the first time, he does. But even though he finds her, even though he knows where to find her, 
he still ends up having her like at a distance. Like there, he's still there's still barriers for him to actually being able to like get close to her again. Well, and this is it's not just that. Right? Like oftentimes he'll like bump into her when neither of them are expecting it, but she's like out on the town with another guy, you know. And so they, yeah. but this isn't. This is kind of a unique circumstance because he's bumped into her while she's like in the middle of doing something, right? She's not like playing a part for somebody else. She's not at anyone else's beck and call. She's like doing something on her own time. Yes, and Quoth's legs are extremely tired from all the conclusions he's been jumping to. (laughs) That's right. Because she is not going to see her patron. He assumes that uh, wrongly. Yes. Because she is actually going to see a friend. Well, A non-patron friend. And this does present us with a theme of the book writ small, which is that Kvothe doesn't know Denna as well as he thinks he does. And he doesn't have a complete sense of what she does in her time, you know, when they're not together. Right. He only knows what she tells him and he, he draws conclusions based on that. But, you know, Denna doesn't tell him everything. Yeah. Denna, he knows Denna as well as she is willing to let him know her. Yeah, and like he does absolutely jump to a conclusion, but it's not unreasonable for him to jump to that conclusion because like basically all he knows about what she does when she's not hanging around with him is like she hangs out with her patron and does stuff for him. So it is self-centered of him, but it's not completely unreasonable for him to think, oh, well, if she's not hanging out with me and she's off doing something and she looks busy doing it, she's probably going to see her patron. You know, I can see why he jumps to that conclusion, even if it is the wrong conclusion. Well, I just, it's its so wrong to assume that she has no inner life beyond, you know, stuff that she does with Quoth and then her patron. It, it is wrong to assume that, but he has no other information with which to draw conclusions from. Because she has He could, he could always it. just not just go the looking for the conclusions. He could just wait and see. Well, yes, to assume makes an ass out of you and every reader of this book, but... Like, it's also just something that people do. You, like, you make assumptions based on the information you have available to you. That's just the thing you do. Fair. I guess it's it's a, it's a human condition. It, it, it is. I'm, I'm sorry to say. All right, I'm done. I now have finished my notes, and uh, you guys can educate me on the internet for another page. Of? The? Horse girl. Win! <laughs> Oops! <laughs>